Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here at CIV, and I hope that you all are having a good summer. About a month ago, my family and I were able to get away to Palm Desert for a week, and we were able to get recharged and relax. The kids got sick, but we were still able to have a good time. And we weren't too far from the Palm Springs Aerial Tramway, and it is the world's largest rotating car. Here's a picture of it. Our family went to do this activity together, and I didn't realize the magnitude of what we were getting ourselves into. This tramway is two and a half miles long. It takes us to an elevation of 8,500 feet in just about 10 minutes. Uh, the weather is usually 30 to 40 degrees cooler at the top, and as I looked at this massive tramway where you're suspended under these cables. I started to wonder, how confident am I to put my family on this rotating tramway that goes so high in the air? And I started to, what I went to was, I started to think through, well, how many people go on this a year? And they're all safe. And I thought about the engineering that must have gone into a project like this. And my kids had some questions about it as well. I was able to relay my thoughts, and we were able to uh, pray and ask God for help and recite some verses on fear. And we were able to do this tramway as a family. Here's a picture of, of it. We all hit moments in life where we realize we're not quite as confident in what we're doing as we thought. The tramway was one of those moments for me and, and my family, and it was over really quickly in an afternoon. But in real life and in other times, our confidence is shaken, and it can have lasting effects while we try to sort it all out. Like at work, maybe you've worked diligently for years at a company, and your dream job opens up, and you apply thinking, I'm a shoe in to get this job. You're so confident, but then the company decides to give it to someone else. You were sure that they, the company was going to do right by you as you worked hard and did right by the company. You knew they were going to reward you. But now you find yourself passed over for a job and wondering, is it all worth it? The confidence is shaken. You don't know if you should look for another job or just keep doing what you're doing. What seems so sure is now clouded with uncertainty. Or maybe you're a student and um, you've been certain about a, a career path that you were going to go on, but you've gotten into the classes for that major and they're tough and you, you're, you're not as good as it, at it as you thought you were going to be. Your confidence in what you thought your life was going to be about is now shaken. Should I keep going? Should I switch career paths? You find yourself asking, what should I do, but not really knowing what to do? Or with your health. Maybe life seemed to be going so well, and you get hit with a health problem. There's now this new reality that you have to deal with moving forward. You weren't expecting it. You don't want it. But here it is, and you wonder, what? Where are you, God? What are you doing in this situation? Our actions are a result of what we choose to be confident in. 
Our actions flow out of where we've placed our confidence. There's a type of psalm in the Bible that can be classified as a, as psalms of confidence. These psalms show us how to put our confidence in God. They show us how to do it in normal times of life as well as when the hard things of life happen to us. We're going to look at one of those psalms this morning. It's Psalm 16. It was written by David, and we know a lot about David through the Old Testament. He had the faith to face Goliath, and God helped him to beat the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Then King Saul was jealous of him and pursues him to kill him. God delivers David from Saul. Saul stops pursuing him. Then he starts pursuing him again, and ultimately Saul doesn't succeed, and God makes David the king of Israel. His life was filled with risky situations. And I don't know if I could have faced the situations he faced with confidence like he did. But David was able to face these situations because he had his confidence in the right spot. His confidence was in God. And in Psalm 16, we see that real confidence comes from trusting God as creator Savior and King. Look at verses 1 and 2. It says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. David is declaring that God is the one to take refuge in. Refuge is a shelter from trouble. It's where you run when trouble is near. I was playing softball one day back in Texas when we lived there, and all of a sudden the left fielder started running in as fast as he could, yelling something. And I couldn't understand what he was saying until all of a sudden I understood what he was saying. He was saying, Hail, run, hail, it's coming, run. He was getting pelted by hail. And so the whole team started taking off running to get under some cover. We were taking refuge under the dugout and then under the snack uh, shack awning that we found. Hail can do a lot of physical damage. Look what it did to this car. But you see, we're all going to encounter situations and people in life that can do a lot more damage than the hail did to that car. And it's in those situations that we're going to run for refuge into something. Maybe it's money. For others, it might be a relationship or confidence in our abilities to make the situation work out. I'm going to take control. I'm going to make it happen and work out the way that I want it to to work out. When the storms in life come, we're going to run for refuge in whatever we have confidence in. And David is telling us, run to God. He is the trustworthy refuge. And he is that trustworthy refuge because of God's character. Psalms was originally written in Hebrew. And in Hebrew, there's different names for God. And these different names have different meanings. And they they tell us something about God's character. 
And in Psalm 16, 1 through 2, there's one uh, one word that says God. There's two that say Lord. And each of those are different Hebrew words. And they reveal something to us about the God that we're running to take refuge in. The first word that we see is here in, when it says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. O God is this word, Hebrew word, El. It's, it, it has to do with creator and all-powerful. This is the term that was used to describe God's power in creation and fighting battles for people. It's translated in other parts of the, bod, the Bible as God Almighty. He was almighty, all-powerful. Who better to take refuge in than the creator, all-powerful God of the universe? David goes on to say, I say to the Lord. This word Lord here is Jehovah. The Hebrew word Jehovah is the word that's used to describe God uh, as the God of covenant. God made a covenant with his people through the Mosaic law, the Ten Commandments. We, we, we know about that. And people in the Old Testament also knew of the future Messiah that was coming. And so Jehovah was this that has this meaning of God will enter into a saving contract with man. Now we're on the other side of that contract. God sent his son Jesus Christ who died on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins and was raised on the third day. So we know God is our savior. It wasn't a promise. It's not a promise to us anymore. We know that it happened. So God is El, all-powerful. He is also Jehovah, God of covenant and our Savior. And he is Adonai. Adonai is this idea of sovereign Lord or my king. He is the one in charge, and I will follow him. So let's read Psalm 16, 1 through 2 again with this emphasis of, of what it's, it's saying. It's saying, preserve me, O God, almighty, all powerful, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, this is the Lord, the God of my, my, uh, the covenant, our savior. I say to the Lord, my savior, you are my Lord, my king. I have no good. Apart from you. As we read the rest of Psalm 16, it's evident that David believes this with his whole heart. He believes God is his creator. He's all powerful. He is the God of covenant and the future Messiah that's coming that we know as our savior. And God is king. This is the foundation for real confidence. That's not going to be wiped out when situations change in life. And this real confidence can get stronger and stronger for us over time. And this prompts me to ask the question, how confident are you that God is creator, savior, and king? You might be here today and you don't have a relationship with God yet. And so you're, you're not very confident that God is any of those things. Or maybe you've committed your life to Christ and you're, you're following him 
you're mostly sure of these things, but you could use a little boost to, to help gain more confidence. Or maybe you're completely sure of all of these things. I want to encourage you, wherever you're at, your faith can always grow. You want to take some time to identify where you might have weaker faith or weaker confidence or weaker just reasons for why you believe what you we what you believe. Here at CIV, we're not afraid of questions about God. We're convinced that as people pursue the truth, it's going to lead them to the conclusion that the Bible is true and God is real and our faith grows as we get answers to questions. It's important for us to get answers to these questions because then we can fully trust in God and lean into him. We can run to him as our refuge when we know that he is a God we can trust. I've included a couple of resources in the next steps area of the the handout that you might want to check out as a way to grow your faith as in God as your creator and your savior. The first is a YouTube video by John Lennox. John Lennox is a committed Christian. He's a brilliant man, professor of mathematics emeritus at the University of Oxford, as well as a fellow of the mathematics and philosophy of science. He's de- debated famous atheists like Richard Dawkins. Uh, the video that I'm suggesting is called Cosmic Christianity. Do, God, do science and God mix? This video really helped me. It strengthened my faith as I watched it. I hope it's a help to you as well. Next resource is about Jesus Christ, God our Savior. It's a book called More Than Christianity by Josh McDowell. I was reading it some this week, and I was encouraged by it again. Jesus is God's Son. He is who he said he is. He has a chapter in his book called Lord, Liar, or Lunatic. He says Jesus is either our Lord, he's a liar, or he's a lunatic because he claimed to be God. And so he either is who he says he is and he's our Lord, or he's a liar and he deceived a lot of people, or he is a lunatic. Like if we ran into somebody on the street and they told us that they're God, we would think they're crazy, they're a lunatic. Both of these resources can really be a benefit to your faith. And I hope that, that you'll take a next step and, and look into one or both of them. If you want the book, let us know on the connection card and we can, we can mail you a copy since you're not here in person. We have those to give out uh, here in person. Lasting confidence comes from this foundation of trust in the Lord. He is where the confidence comes from. And that, with that foundation, we can run to God as our refuge. Psalm 16 goes on to explain more of what real confidence comes from. And the next thing that it comes from is delighting in fellow Christ followers. Psalm 16.3 says, As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. This verse, it seems a little out of place in Psalm 16 when you read it all the way through, but it's not at all. David is putting an emphasis on relationships with God's people. And following Christ is just, it's assumed to be done in community throughout the Bible. 
Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting meeting, to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. God uses his people to give each of us encouragement to do life God's way. They, we encourage one another by example, serving one another, and through words. Summer is a different time in church life. Our groups are taking a break and um, from meeting weekly. It's easy to start to feel disconnected sometimes. That's why we have the meetups um, to be able to do something fun and get to know other people at CIV, um, as well as encourage one another. Uh, my family and I went to the park night meetup. On a Saturday, on last Saturday, and we had a great time. The kids were able to play, and I was able to talk to other parents that were there. Um, and it, it was just a good time, relaxing time, low key. And um, that might be a next step you want to take is to delight in God's people and sign up for a meetup this summer or when groups come around. And in the fall, to to sign up for those as well. God uses his people to help us to follow him, to help us to have confidence in the right things. Conversations happen at meetups and in groups and at church on Sunday that stir us up to do something good, like how we just heard somebody tell us something that happened to them or, or something that they've been doing. This helps us to act on our confidence in God. David also shows us that real confidence comes from putting God's ways in front of us and knowing that he is there to help. Psalm 16, 7 and 8 says, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night. Also, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord Always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. David says here, I shall not be shaken. You ever been shaken before? Where something happens and you're just stuck. You don't know what to do. You aren't sure how to move forward. I've been there. Wouldn't it be great to be able to say, I shall not be shaken? <laughs> Think of the scenarios we talked about earlier. Passed up for a promotion after working for years and years, maybe decades to get it. I won't be shaken. God's right with me. All my future plans up in the air because I don't think I fit the career I wanted to do. I won't be shaken. Long-term health issues. I won't be shaken. The best confidence we can get apart from God comes from all of those scenarios going well for us. But David isn't concerned about his circumstances. He won't be shaken. Why? Because he is at my right hand. What would it look like if we lived like God was right next to us? I know for me, I'd be more patient and kind with people at certain times. But what about the things that we've been talking about? A tough meeting at work? That's all right. 
it's, it's less tough now. God's right next to me. He's right with me. Opportunity to share the gospel with a friend. Not so intimidating when you know God is with you right there, ready to help. Health problems. God will carry me through those health problems. David lived his life this way. He was the only one brave enough to face a giant. And he could do it because he believed God was with him. And he was. And the reality is God is with us too. But even David wasn't perfect. He didn't live his life like God was next to him all the time. We know about some just colossal moral failures on his part. He committed adultery, covered it up with murder. And the thing is, we're not going to be perfect in always putting our confidence in the Lord either. We aren't because nobody's perfect. And so the key for us is when we start to veer off course and not putting God's ways in front of us and putting the way we think we should it should go in front of us or our confidence in our abilities instead of God. When we start to veer off course, we got a course correct and try to do that as quick as possible so that we can get back on track with the Lord and get back on track with living the blessed life that he wants us to live. God is with us. Just think about the life that you could have if you really believed that. If your confidence was, I shall not be shaken. He's at my right hand. Real confidence also comes from assurance of eternal life. Psalm 16.6 says, The lions have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Now, David's not talking about a physical inheritance here. It's a spiritual inheritance. Remember, he's he's running. We don't know exactly when he wrote this psalm, but it seems to be in between the times that he was running from from King Saul. So, running, fleeing from your life from a king doesn't seem to be the most ideal place to say I have a beautiful inheritance unless he's talking about the inheritance that he has of a future in heaven with his lord and king and a couple verses later he says therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices my flesh also dwells secure for you will not abandon my soul to show or let your holy one see corruption You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. David is certain that God will not send him to the pit of hell. That's what he's talking about when he says, For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption. And that is the ultimate statement of confidence in the Lord. It's when we are certain of a future in heaven, something to look forward to with confidence. We can face any situation that gets thrown at us here on earth because we know this is not our home. We are not trying to make 
heaven on earth. We want to have the best opportunities and time as we can, and God will provide for us, and he will take care of us on earth, but it's not going to be perfect. It never will. Sin has entered the world, and it just makes life a mess sometimes. But when we can say with confidence what David says here, that he's he's confident in his future in heaven with his heavenly father, then we can also make statements like 1 Corinthians 15, 55, where it says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? When the result of death is a life spent with God in eternity, You can say that. You can say, where's your victory, death? Where's your sting? You can kill me, but I'm spending eternity with my Father in heaven, and it's going to be perfect. God wants us to have assurance that that's what's going to happen to us. 1 John 5, 11 through 13 says, And this is the testimony, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son, Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. God wants us to be sure that if we have yielded our life to Christ, if we have confessed with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we are saved. Death cannot take that away from us. It actually gets us to an eternity with God in heaven. God is the real source of our confidence. All other confidence is on shaky ground. It depends on our circumstances. So what does this look like? What's a practical example of someone living with confidence in the Lord? I asked Caleb Collins if I could share this story with you. Caleb's our volunteer student ministry leader, and he works in sales during the week. I have seen Caleb really act in line with trusting God with his sales job. I have never seen him take credit when he makes a sale, much less a a big sale. He works really hard to provide for his family, to close these deals, but he always gives God the credit. And he includes our group in praying for him and the, the different meetings that he has coming up. This week he reached out to me and he asked me to pray for an unscheduled meeting that he was going to try to have the next day. And so I prayed that he would be able to get in touch with a client that he he wasn't able to get in touch with um, earlier. He called me later that morning and what happened was amazing. He had tried to get there earlier or wanted to get there earlier but uh, instead, he, he ended up reading the Bible to his kids, and then he got to the place, and he wanted to take some notes on um, what he wanted to say in the meeting, so he's writing out his notes, and then he gets done with his notes, and he gets out, and he's walking into the business, 
And as he's walking into the business, he realize, he he sees or actually hears the other person saying, hey, do we have a meeting today? He was walking in at the exact same time as the person he was trying to get in touch with. And so he talked with him real quick and he, he said, actually, could do you think you could come back later? Because I have a meeting right now, but I want to talk to you. And so Caleb was able to say, actually, that fits my schedule perfectly because I have a scheduled meeting I got I need to leave pretty soon to go get to. So he's able to go to that meeting and then come back and meet later in the day with the person he was trying to get in touch with. Isn't that amazing how God worked that out? It wasn't Caleb's plan. He wanted to get there earlier, but God was with Caleb. He was at his right hand guiding him to get out of the car at the perfect time when he's walking in with the person he was trying to meet with. That's what God does for us. That's what living with confidence in the Lord looks like. We pray, we trust in him, we work hard. We include our community in what's going on in our life. And God is with us. Real confidence comes from trusting in God and not our own abilities. That's what David is reminding us throughout Psalm 16. And we can all learn to live that way. We can live with confidence in God that cannot be shaken. What a great way to live. And I hope we can all take next steps towards that this morning. There's some next steps on the handout that you can take a look in response to the message today. I invite you to consider uh, which next step you might want to take in response to the message. Um, there's the steps we already talked about. Um, there's also um, get to know God's people at CIV through a group or, or meetup. Um, and then another thing you might want to do is just set a reminder on your phone for each day or every once in a while that says God is with you. Just to remind yourself, God is with me. I can have confidence in him as I face whatever I'm going through. We discussed in the first message of this series that Psalms is the prayer book for God's people. It guides us and instructs us through songs and through poetry. And so I want to pray back Psalm 16. This morning as we close. And let's pray this to God. May it be true in our lives. God, just thank you so much that we can have confidence in you and not ourselves. We can have confidence in a firm foundation on you. And I pray Psalm 16, Lord, I pray preserve us, O God, for you, for in you we take refuge. We say to the Lord, you are our Lord. We have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all our delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply their drink offerings of blood. We will not pour out or take their names on our lips. The Lord is our chosen portion and our cup. You hold our lot. The lines have fallen for us in pleasant places. Indeed, we have a beautiful inheritance. We bless the Lord who gives us counsel. In the night also, our heart instructs us. 
We have set the Lord always before us because he is at our right hand. We shall not be shaken. Therefore, our hearts are glad and our whole being rejoices. Our flesh also dwells secure for you will not abandon our souls to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to us the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. May this be true of us, Lord. Help us to put our confidence in you. In Jesus' name, amen.